How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. We would like to acknowledge the Turrbal and Yagara peoples as the traditional owners of these lands where we now stand, recognizing that these have always been places of meeting and sharing. We'd also like to pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. If you've got beef, that I'm a vegetarian. I'm not fucking scared of him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to General <laughs> Queries. I'm your host, Talia. Um, what you just heard was the dulcet tones of my beautiful co-host, Megan, who has just gotten into the habit of just jumping in and just singing uh, at the beginning, just to you know, give us a cold I'm, open. I'm so overworked and so tired. You're so amazing. Thank you for joining me in the studio I'm today. I'm just in another realm. <laughs> you're actually, you're not quite here. I'm not. But I'm really it's not. okay. We're just, we're out here just giving good chill mm-hmm. vibes to people. Beck's um, still here. She's been here for, for two weeks now. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we just live in this studio. Yeah. Thank you, Zane, for just putting up with us for like a whole two weeks straight, actually. Straight. Um, straight out. Yeah. Straight Zane's like actually, a hetero. Zane's, act- <laughs> Zane's actually uh, housed us. He's given us beds. Yeah. Um, housed, clothed, and fed up. He's like Daddy Warbucks. Yes, but but with more hair. But with more hair. But with more hair. More hair and less creepy vibes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, we're also joined in the studio today um, by our graphic designer. The sexiest of all the designers. Yes. Um, <laughs> Nita. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. It's now, pretty neat to have you in this studio That was today. a terrible joke. I need you to <laughs> Never heard. I really wish I could unsay that for you. <laughs> Never um, heard that one before. Yeah. Um, it, you may remember Nita from such things as our February specials um, mm. where Nita did have a hand injury at the time. I just want to oh. update everyone on- I, I am there. healed. Yes. Um, <laughs> she healed on high she, by the gay gods. She descended Should the mountain. The Greek yeah. um, she descended the mountain and just it was it was Mount fun. Olympus. Yeah, and there you go. Her hand was healed. The gods were like, "No, actually, we need to bless thee again." Um, and we with- can't nuke the gays. Nah. Um, yeah. So, Nita, what what work do you do? What kind of variety gay are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally use she/her pronouns, and I identify as aromantic and queer. So mm. that's basically my little. 
corner of the corner of the spectrum. Uh, my little intersection. Nice little. Yes. Nice little. And like, what do you do? Like, when we say graphic designer, what does that entail? Um, I am mainly a drawer and cartoonist. I do a lot of digital art for general queries and other things that take my fancy. I also do traditional art in some cases, but when it comes to stuff that I will put out professionally, I prefer to work digitally. Uh, yeah. 98% of all the visuals you see on any sort of general queries branded thing is needed work. Yeah. So our logo, um, any of the stickers and stuff that you see, like any of the merch you buy has all been drawn by Nita. She's a hand drawn. Hand drawn. Like this is like, this is not any of that, you know, quick Canva crap, although I love Canva, not sponsored. Um, but <laughs> this is all like hand drawn, yeah. homegrown. You, you, free range. We get free to see range. like all of the, the development sketches and stuff, which is really cute. Um, Posted in our group chats and we're always like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. We just love it. I, I feed off emotional positive validation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always, it's I always a vampire. Um, <laughs> I am a vampire for positivity. <laughs> I remember when um, you like came to the, came to the group chat and we're like, I made a sticker for Radical Little Bitch because there was one episode where I referred to myself as a radical little bitch mm -hmm. and I just, I love it so Die. much. Like it is such a good also, sticker. Also dulcet tones. Are they out yet? Not yet. I still no. actually need to finish them and make sure that they are up to my personal perfectionist standard. By the time and this then comes I am out. Going to I'm going to send them through to Zane. Yeah. By the time this comes out, they may They will probably be for be sale. Out. So go to General Queries online the facebook page and the facebook page um, also tnc tnc that's not canon productions.com.au and you can buy general queries merch you like it so much feed into capitalism wear the brand on your chest also they make really they're really cute laptop stickers they're like, really I have cute stress. laptop stickers there are some, call the other queers to you there we are must rally some, the people <laughs> yeah and, and i think like the reason and this is a point that i would really like to make one of the reasons that we kind of um kept Nita on the project um like other than the fact that you're a stunning person i really enjoy your personality well, yeah, thank you. you and also like you do help me out with a lot of like my research and stuff you're like my chief research mm -hmm. delegator um I am a nerd. Yes. I enjoy reading um, but <laughs> for fun. One of the things that we realized is the fact that like um, a lot of the other podcasts on the network, um, their brand, their logos, yeah. like there's some very sexy graphics. really sexy graphics. They, they are issues. gorgeous. Glass of wine is, is one of my favorites. Oh, That's yeah, not absolutely. a kiss up to Zane. No. It is just one of my favorites. Yeah. It's very aesthetic. It's such a beautiful design. But one of the things like with our logo is the fact that you know, we understand that having the word queer is like being branded, um, like have just wearing merch that says queer is a way of branding yourself. And so we kind of kept Nita on making stickers and stuff like that because, well, first of all, I really think they're cute designs, but that's also horrible. like they're, Thank we you. wanted to give, yeah, we wanted to give chances um, to, I guess, kind of support what we do. Um, without having to openly out yourself. Yeah, you can definitely wear it and be like, oh, this is just a podcast I like rather than like wearing like gay on your chest and big neon letters. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. that could possibly also be a thing. We could definitely do yeah. that. I feel like there's a very certain person that wears 
that, gay on their of, chest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of like, like I have a um, like the Ace Pride flag sticker on my laptop um, and I've had it for years and like every time I take my laptop out in public, I'm always incredibly aware of the fact that this has a pride flag on it. And if someone sees it, they're going to like, I'm going to be out to them. Mm. But also I guess it's kind of one of those things yeah. where I'm like, I'm scary. Yeah. It, like it's scary, but it's just like, I'm really glad that the, mm. the ace pride flag isn't known about that well, because I think that gets yeah. me through a lot of the situations where I would otherwise feel incredibly tense. Symbols are wild. Cause like I have a pride flag at work and um, I just like, I literally, my work is lovely and really inclusive. And I just like literally like wave it around for a meme. And I'm like, oh, where's my pride flag? How will they know I'm a queer? How? Cause I talk about Beckett work all the time honestly um, the uh the way symbolism works is something that i've always found so fascinating mm-hmm. uh especially with how it works in the queer community mm-hmm. uh the way that uh colors are used mm-hmm. uh uh like uh take one of the most well-known ones which will be the transgender flag you have uh you have the blue you have the pink you have the white uh and it's a very simple design like mm-hmm. most of them are surprisingly simple designs but mm-hmm. they are used using color symbolism and um uh, further meaning uh, to become something greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, and like specifically with um, the trans flag, like all of the colors end up standing for something. Um, yes. Like with the trans flag, and I didn't realize this until someone sat down and explained it to me. The blue is like binary mask. The pink is binary femme. White is acknowledgement of non-binary identities. Oh. And that's why it's like that. Um, the... Um, ace flag like the white gray black is spectrum so those Mm. three together stand for spectrum and then the purple stands for community Mm. um the original like gay flag um each of those colors had a meaning i just can't quite remember what and and sensuality and yeah i think compassion is one of them yeah so Uh, i've seen a few different variations of the uh the Original gay flags. I'm uh, I'm making air mm. quotes because you know yeah. the whole thing. Uh, I've seen a few variations where they add in certain colors to represent other things like uh, diversity or mm. uh, safety, uh, and a lot of it is usually quite um, interesting. Uh, I think probably one of the most well-known variations on the main flag would be the one with uh, the brown and black stripes as well to mm. represent uh, queer people of color. Yeah, mm. which was a very good addition. Mm. Like, that happened last year, maybe the year before. And there was this, recently, yeah, there was this huge uproar and like, why do we need to acknowledge that? And you're like, oh, honey. oh, wow. It's maybe because people of color exist. Maybe about that. Maybe. I, uh, yeah. Also, I think that there, there's another version out there where it does something similar, but instead it uses a lavender stripe uh, to represent diversity. So, okay. yeah. yeah. So how do you use like symbolism and color in your art as a queer artist? Um, personally, I like to first draw out a basic design, uh, something that looks good um, and is something that is simple to design and can match the style of general queries. And then I tend to base my color palettes off of whatever specific flag I will be using and then go from there. Because also a lot of those flags, they just have really good color palettes, guys. Like they're just really fun color palettes to work with yeah and uh, like they're well designed mm. flags yeah so that's usually how i would work i make the design first and then i draw my color palette from a specific pride flag and i work from there i will uh occasionally tweak the colors a little bit to better match the aesthetic of the artwork so they're not always going to be one-to-one uh color dropper uh tool um 
versions of the pride flag. I tend to slightly pastel. I make them a little bit more pastely usually because that just seems to suit yeah. the mood of general queries and the chill vibe. It has a lot more. Yeah. So um, outside of general, you were talking about like you've got a couple of personal projects. You were telling mm-hmm. me that you've got one um, called Resonair. So it's currently called Resonair. That is my current working title. Um, yeah. Um, subject to change, insert here later. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and tell me like um, like why rep is important to you in like in that? Because I know that you were quite vocal, especially in the February specials, um, about like, you know, rep in media is so incredibly important. Yeah. So how do you kind of approach that in your own work? Uh, Resonaire is currently a high fantasy uh, series that I am working on. It is a book series. I'm aiming it mainly for uh, for it to be accessible uh, a lot to uh, children and young re- readers, uh, but I want it to be one of those that's accessible for everyone. So currently Resonaire, my basic idea was high fantasy, but put into the future. So it's going to be a bit of a modern tech uh, high fantasy world. And I felt that personally, since I'm aromantic, I wanted to have something that suited uh what i would want to see in a story so for that reason i am using representation not uh just for diversity but because it is something that i would have wanted to have read myself Uh, a lot of uh that would be in the main two protagonists both of whom are aromantic characters but in different ways you have nico seraph who is um ace arrow and then you would have sky who is a uh bisexual aromantic so I just wanted to kind of put out there that there are different forms of love um, mm-hmm. and there are different ways of expressing that love. So uh, because I'm also a complete sucker for like found family and the power of friendship. So I wanted to kind of create a series which is based around that, but doesn't necessarily need to have romantic love as another one of the faucets. Okay. And like how important is that? you know, representation of things that aren't romantically charged because that's that's the majority of media at the moment is that everything turns into, oh, they get together at the end or, you know, whatever. Um, how important is it to have that representation of things that you would have wanted to see when you were a kid? Like how important is that? Uh, I think it's quite important. I think representation of all stripes is important uh, for everyone, really. Uh, I'm well aware that with... Uh, the culture as it is that no matter what you get put out, uh, no matter how uh, aromantic your source material is, there will be people who put romance into it, but you know, that's just how it is. Uh, I just want to make something where personally uh, I could read it and not have to think, well, here comes the romantic kiss scene. I don't understand what's going on here, but apparently they seem happy with it. So that's basically what I want to do with it. I want to tell a story first. And also I just have this bitter hatred of unnecessary romantic subplots, which I'm sure that I ranted on in the podcast. So that is also part of that. This is, it is also motivated by spite. I am not going to lie. That is so So much of my, so much of my, uh, uh, creative work is motivated by spice especially with the world building so like and this is totally like a discussion point like i think the the answer kind of varies from person to person but do you um do you think it's important to 
focus on story first and then rep or rep first and then story? Like where's the balance there? I actually think that you should always focus on story first. You should always tell your story and put in a good story and everything such as romance Mm -hmm. and representation and character design should come after. Uh, Take for example, my story, because this is uh, I am going we to are plug talking this. about it's you, about yeah, you. indeed. Yeah, yeah. yes, um, my you. story. Uh, so I have two main characters. I have a uh, an adventure duo, as uh, one of the terms is, uh, Sky and uh, Nico. And I decided to start with building the characters first before I decided on any such traits or design. Um, so I had made sure that I had my characters first. I had their personalities. I had who they were, and then I set about with things such as gender and. Um, sexuality and orientation and uh design uh which is um something that i think should always be considered but should not be where you start from personally i think that a character design you cannot really create a good character design uh visually until you know the character because a character design needs to be able to tell you a story without um it needing to be put into words so if you don't have your story already there you can't make a good character design. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes like a that. lot of sense. Actually. But that's just it's me logical. personally. Some yeah. people... No, that's like logical though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know like when I'm writing, I uh, once uh, wrote this script. Um, I wrote an excerpt for it um, to be performed and um, I gave it to my dramaturg and, um, you know, she did her analysis of it and she turned to me and she went, is your main character Arrowais? Um, because that's how I'm reading her. And I I understand where she was coming from, but I actually looked at her and I went, and I realized my mistake now, but I actually went, nah, she's normal. She's good. Mm. Um, and I think when you're designing character, uh, like I do, un- I do agree with what you're saying, like story comes first, rep comes second, but I think you are missing vital information with your character if you don't consider like what their Mm. their gender is what their sexuality is how they identify how they go about like presenting in the world um yeah and, and that can really affect like how other people read your characters or how you want your characters to be read like Exactly. Uh, That's why I do think that character design and um, representation is also very valid, but I just, uh, it is incredibly valid and it's one of the key parts of creating a character, Mm. but it's also the part that should come second in the process. Creating Mm. a character is not ever a one-step process, Uh, especially with uh, the whole representation. As you said, people will read into it how they want to read into Mm. it. Uh, So that's why I feel like a lot of characters there are multiple different interpretations of them. A lot of people can draw this character as Arrow Ace from something and the other person can draw this character as a complete lesbian. Mm. Um, and other people can draw this character as straight from the same character. Mm. Uh, and that's because uh, they project themselves onto the character. That's how they see it. That's mm. how they read the story. And a lot of times that can also be because the character has not been confirmed yeah. as such. That's so awesome. I feel like, yes. Yes. No, go ahead. Well, it's also kind of the point of narrative is that it's not like you as a writer can't dictate. Thank you. Tell I just fixed my hair. Um, <laughs> um, you as a writer can't dictate what people are going to mm. infer from your writing. The whole point is to like create that opportunity for like an A-row or an asex kid to be like, hey, that's me. 
Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I, don't, um, I feel like there are opportunities um, though to have characters that are openly out. I, I think what we really have to um, kind of establish is that if a, if a character comes out as X identity, I feel like that must be respected. In, in some way, shape, yes. or form. Um, I, I'm i taking personal qualms with Jughead um, because he is a confirmed – thank you. Um, he is a – con- like nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is a confirmed um, aromantic asexual in the comics. That is a term that he explicitly uses to identify himself um, in the Zadarsky run. Seven volumes, it's very good. You should definitely read it. Um, but, you know, then we have – um, Riverdale, um, which manages to take Jughead. Please actually, it, us. it manages to to destroy all of its characters. To be fair, but um, it manages to take what little rep um, Arrowaces have and just kind of go, yeah, but he's dating Betty now. Mm. Yeah, so I feel like with that, what you were saying, uh, coming out is definitely something that is important, and it is also incredibly important to have out characters who are not then later erased Mm. by later adaptions. Uh, Yeah, so it is important to have characters that are out. It's also important to have characters that can be left to interpretation. Mm. There's, it's basically more like you can always, you always need to find a specific balance with things. There is always a balance to find with things. You can't really, if you go too far in one direction, people will be like, but that is too preachy. And then if you go too far in the other direction, then people will be like, that is too conservative. So you need to, it's all yeah. about t- story it's writing. Is all about telling a story and finding a balance. Yeah, and yeah, it, and then it, not giving a fuck. Exactly. That is also the very fun ground. part. Yeah, you, you need to find the middle ground, and then you also need to say, "What am I willing to put up with today? Not fucking this." <laughs> Thank you, Game Amen. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to laugh into the microphone. I, it makes yeah. you see. It, may, it humanizes you. I am um, sorry. No, you're that I have like a weird witch's cackle. You're <laughs> I think I think like with Jughead, um Bog Witch. <laughs> I think like with, with Jughead, it was a very natural coming out. Like in, in Zadowski's run, it was a very natural, mm. like, this is what you is. Like that's just something that we have to set up and we set it up and it's fine, and that's just how we're running with it now. Um whereas I have seen it quite clunkily done. I can't remember, like I can't give a specific example. I have seen it clunkily done. Um Clunkily is a weird word. Clunkily. Um, well, it's perfect though because yeah. it sounds like what it is. Yeah. I, uh, I can give you uh, um, other like examples. Uh, I can give you other examples of queer rep uh, done well. Um, uh, everyone, I think, knows that Steven Universe is incredibly gay. Yeah. But uh, part of that is also that it's never explicitly said that everyone is gay because not everyone is gay, but a lot of it is just kind of. The, it's showing. It's it's a yeah. it's one of the main rules of storytelling, which is show, don't, don't tell. tell. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's it's all well and good to say this character is completely asexual, but then if you show them, uh, uh, okay, I don't want to like go into that whole true asexual we're not, thing. We're, like, yeah, yes. we're not going to do the whole true asexual discourse. Yes, it is like uh, it is all well and good to um, uh, say that a character is a specific way. Mm. But it also is good to show a character acting yeah. in a specific way because telling it can work well, but a lot of the times it's just lazy writing. Yeah, and 
I, another point that I want to make that is kind of a little bit moving on from this, but I'm yes, taking particular qualms with, um, with Moffat here. Um, it, there comes, <laughs> thank you. Um, there comes times when like, there comes times when authors will say something about characters and you understand that, that as taking a very author, authorial, um, stance on it like mm. you know what the author the author as god dictates what canon is and how canon should be interpreted um however um there are times when let people just have their head cannons okay and i'm going to I'm, uh i'm going to just bring it up i believe in a framework called uh uh lovingly called um as a joke schrodinger's offer where, <laughs> oh, yeah. where the author's intentions matter until i personally do not like them and yeah. I think that's probably the most valid way to look at a story. Honestly, and if you are, uh, and should my story ever come out, if should Resonair ever come out, I do hope that all of you will look at it from that perspective because that is the most fun way to look at something. Yeah. And like when I remember like when Stephen Moffat, I was asked, is the doctor ace? Um, and he goes, nah, aces be boring. Um, hey, that's uh, not, wow. That's, also, like, going back to that, like, you can't dictate what is going to be. I mean, when J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter initially, did she believe that people were going to take the universe to the lengths that it's been taken yeah. to? Like, no, of course not. The what, Like, at a certain point as an author, like, like you know, it's taken – outside of your control like it's yeah, completely yeah. taken outside of your control and you can't just say you know no no um which is why the beckett estate needs to let go oh, wow. yeah. um, um you, so you uh, yes you really need to as an author as a writer you need to understand that uh part of uh media is that media evolves media changes and media is meant to be interpreted so you can't ever have an ironclad set of rules, except when it comes to magic systems and world building, because then the rules are important, but that's a rant for that's another a day. That's another, that's but when it comes to such a things as representation and interpreting of mm. characters, then you need to basically just let people have fun. Yeah. That's and, the point of media. Have fun. And people are gonna, like if someone identifies with a character, that's going to help them. Yes, the exactly. Like if there's any creators out there, if someone identifies with a character, that's going to help them in some way. I uh, had like a Tumblr post that was like, you know, video games have become more diverse and moved away from straight white male characters. Why does my character have to be gay? Why does my character have to be this black chick? Hey, question. Why have they got to be straight? Why have they got to be straight? And they're like, it doesn't matter to the gameplay what they identify as. And it's like, well, if it doesn't matter, then why are you up about it? Yeah. Well, so if you have an issue playing as a character that you can't identify with, then maybe you're the asshole. That sounds like a you problem, yeah, if I'm exactly. being honest. It's like, um, you know, I'd just like to uh, put that out there again. Just the, the whole reason representation matters is the same reason why the queer community has developed so many different labels for different things. Mm -hmm. It's because labels and words have a lot of power uh you you see that a lot taken to extremes in most fantasy where true names have yeah. power and magic is based in word and everything yeah. uh because i am a nerd um but uh you see it a lot in the queer community where giving a name to something means that it stops being this nebulous concept mm. it stops being like something that no one can feel and suddenly it becomes like oh hey 
that's a word. That's a thing. Yeah. I feel that. And it's that's part of the joys of representation because instead of it's just being like, uh, no one will ever understand me, then you see a character who is who acts like you, who is orientated like you, who looks like you, and you just think, oh, hey, that's me. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Well, that's I'm like not last weird. week's episode, like last week's, yeah. um, you mm. know, where we're talking to Harper about names. Like, exactly. you know, your name is important. You get to keep that name yeah. That is forever. the signifier. That's your signifier. That's that is, who you are. Yeah. That is why I personally like to identify as aromantic and queer because aromantic is what I am. Mm. Uh, that's how I identify is one of those that gave me when I discovered the word, I was just like, oh, thank God. Fucking Christ, that exists. You're not the only one. Yeah. I am not the only one. And the same with queer. Like, uh, no, that one is just more convenient because I don't know. Because uh, sexuality yeah. is fluid and sexuality is like, this, it is a bit weird. It, it is fun, but mm. it's weird. It is fluid and it is everything. So queer is just what I use because it mm. is, it well, suits. I was, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like you use the term queer for yourself, which is yeah. such like an overarching concept, but then you get very specific with the identity of your characters. Uh, personally, that is because um, with my characters personally, I want to have them so that they are there and people can be like, yes, I, these relate to me. I relate to them, but I'm also like, uh, while I can say um, that Sky is a bisexual, aromantic uh, woman, um, I would also leave it up to interpretation where in some areas where other people can say, well, I see this and that's fine. Mm. Like, personally, I use a nebulous term because I am a somewhat nebulous person mm. um, and uh, a somewhat fluid person when it comes to my sexuality. Uh, but when it comes to my character's a lot of the things as well with characters is that characters, it is always important to make characters feel like they are real people, mm. but at the same time, they are always going to be at least somewhat simpler than real people. And they're mm. always going to have more defined uh, specific characteristics. So mm. sometimes it can help just to have those knitted down and labeled, but to also just have them so that they can be somewhere everything can grow from. Yeah. So while I would have some of these specifics for my characters be really specific, I would also have others be left more ambiguous. Yeah. Um, do you want to do the final question? <gasps> oh, it's my job now. I love that. Um, so if you could like give anyone any sort of advice or like tell yourself younger self something about being queer, what would it be? Um, I would say just be whoever you are and make sure that you can find something where you're not tearing your own psych to shreds <laughs> over your identity. Yeah. Um, but also I would say now this personally is just for me. If you find a term that seems interesting, it doesn't matter if it applies to you. It doesn't matter if you just like the name, I'd say just at least research the definition mm. because that way you can find out more. Like mm. uh, there are so many different terminologies out there and they are all very cool. Like you get um, some of them that they would not affect, they would not apply to me, but I look at them and I still go, I want to know more about this. So basically mm. learn more because everyone says, write what you know, mm. but what you know can always be expanded upon. Yeah. So Google is your friend. Be whoever awesome. you are, keep learning and just have fun with being yourself. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about what everyone thinks of you because everyone else is too caught up in their own anxieties to worry about you. Yeah. 
That's very wholesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming into the studio thank today. You. Well, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for being on the team and doing graphic designing stuff. I'll buy some damn merch. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Please. We're so poor. <laughs> <laughs> Cutler, we're so poor. Thank you. Um, yeah. But it's thank- true, Dale. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming in and um, talking to us. Um, I hope you have. A wonderful, wonderful day. Um, uh, get me, to sit me down and force me to start writing my actual story instead of flouncing around with the world building. You're constantly coming to me. You're constantly coming to me and being like, hey, like, I did all this brainstorming for like the world of, of Resonair, but like, I'm not writing it yet. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you need to is the thing. That That is the point. That is. That is probably the worst part of writing is that you actually have to sit down and write. You can't Make just go. You can't just put your ideas in a machine and have the story spat back out at you. No, yeah. you are the machine. The process is the important part. Um, so yes, it's the fun part. It's the fun part. And um, for everyone out there in podcast listening land, uh, because we no, nope, let me take that again. Uh, and for everyone out there in uh, podcast listening land, because we do have to wrap up now, unfortunately. Um, good we luck today. Have. You have survived 100% of days. Yeah. Well done, you. 10 out of 10. Uh, five stars. Five stars. And I hope today is very productive and you get to sit down and actually start writing what you would like to start writing. May all your public I feel called be out. on time. Yes. And may your Ubers all drive safely. We will see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Bye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. That's not kind of productions podcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.